Yes, Betfair is well and truly on your side this spring. It is Betfair Edge here on SEN. Paul Sebastiani here with you, joined by Betfair's very own Carl. Carl Darwin. Carl, how are you, mate? Good morning. Paul, it's great to see you again. Yes. The last time we saw each other, we were calling a VFL game a couple of years ago. <laughs> we were. And do you know what I absolutely <laughs> love about you calling? You're a fantastic caller. And Thank you. And you're obviously a, a proud Italian, and I love I the am. way the, the Italian last names roll off your tongue. <laughs> and you... you you, you would say this one, Chincotta. Oh, I absolutely hey. love it. We I did remember. pick him out a couple of years ago, mate. So uh, we're not going to make this show all about the blues. No, we uh, we're going to make this about uh, the races and Caulfield Guineas Day, the Everest, Caulfield and Randwick. It's arguably the best day of racing on the calendar. We're here to review it all for Betfair. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Let's just get stuck straight into it. Where did you want to start, uh, Carl? Shall we start with the Guineas or the Everest? Well, can I just say that whenever I come on this show, I say the same thing, and that sport is just truly <laughs> alive and well. And you would think the AFL season's over, and we've still just got yes. amazing racing. The Tim Zoo fight yes. today against Mendoza. He's a bit of a rocky story, I'm told. Can't wait to talk about that, to talk about the mods. But like you said, we've got to start off with Caulfield. And yep. the price advantage at, at Betfair was nine out of ten races at wow. Caulfield. Um, the biggest one was in the feature, Griff. Uh, an amazing performance, really. A bit controversial with the stewards' action <laughs> at the end. Um, but the top tote price was $36. At Betfair, you got 47 But let's get stuck into that one. What did you think about the uh, the, the guineas there, Paul? Ben Malum, what a ride. Well, <laughs> I, a I, know, I know he decided to do a, a Melbourne hook turn in the last 100 metres, but uh, fantastic ride. So he did get suspended for 10 meetings for, for that interference. Yes. And what he told the stewards was the horse got spooked by a guy on the ladder near the winning post. So, uh, yeah, cra- crazy <laughs> scenes. I mean, obviously horses are very temperamental animals, so you, yes. you need to be very careful, and that's why uh, Racing Victoria are so, are so diligent in, in looking after the horses. But, uh, yeah, that's a new one, um, obviously. I, I know they're up on, on the light tower there. Yes. Uh, a lot of the jockeys go and watch the, the big races. So, yep. yeah, who knows? Uh, it's an interesting one, especially for younger horses too. That can often be when they're, you know, they're, they're not as experienced as these older campaigners who who know what it's all about from a horse perspective. But I think it pretty probably was right. It probably just jumped at shadows and these things happen. So just thankfully, thankfully no one fell over or anything like that 100%. because that that would have just been that would have would have made it a very very sour taste to when what was it? An inc- it was an incredible front running ride from Ben Malum, and I think this is the whole argument of. And people say, oh, you know, wide barriers are a disadvantage. And that's probably why this horse has ended up drifting to, what price was he on Betfair? $47 BSP. And the best way to take out the wide barrier disadvantage is when you're on a leader, you go. I think everyone talks about the wide barriers before the race and and sort of complains about them. But a lot of the time, I reckon the wide barrier is the advantage. You get clear air and you can make an easier decision out of the jump. And it doesn't really matter where whether your, your horse jumps slow or, or fast. I mean, obviously, you want to jump fast if you want Spot to hit on. the lead. But, yeah, it uh, always makes for interesting conversation. It does. For those big group group one races. Um, runners in behind, uh, Carl, because many people will be focusing on the favourite, Militarise. He closed off well down the outside after being snicked back by Hong Kong Joe, Magic Marrera. Uh, King Colorado, three deep, no cover, into the breeze and stuck on well for fourth. There was a runner in behind, uh, now, the two markets we probably want to focus on just from a futures perspective for Betfair from this race are probably the Cox Plate. So Militarise and Stepardi have actually both, I think from what I was looking at post-race, they've actually firmed 
for the Cox Plate. Uh, Militarise single figures or double figures with Betfair? Double figures currently, right. uh, $11. There's a, there's a fair bit happening in this Cox Plate market. A few horses uh, now in single figures. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very very interesting okay. after that guineas. Intriguing. Um, there's a, the other runner in behind, and people might have the dad for the derby. Have you got a price for the dad for the derby? That's one of the horses that I really wanted to follow out of this race. He's in his first preparation. He was fantastic in the stut stakes after winning his maiden in impressive fashion, was heavily backed at Mooney Valley last start and then has really stepped up to group one grade. And I thought he was running on really well and past the post 50 to a hundred meters past the post. He was at the girth of the winners. Um, I think I saw around about 20 to one um, the other day on the fair. So I reckon he, he could be on a derby path. This uh, horse. I'm keen to also ask you about Stepati. Yep. What did you think about Stepati's run? Uh, uh, and I just want to put one to you. I know that the connections of Vate didn't or elected to not uh, go to the stewards' yep. room after that Guineas, but there was every chance that Stepati could have got second. What do you think about that? If uh, he they had uh, gone and protested in, in the end of that race, yeah. It, look, I especially in these Group One races, Carl. Very, very rarely do you see protests put in and then upheld. I know we saw what happened with Animo and State of Rest a couple of years ago in that Cox Plate where Craig Williams threw in the protest. And to be honest, if that was any other race than a Cox Plate or a Midway, I reckon that might have been upheld. Mm. I don't think this – I think the margins were just a little bit too – because V8 had every chance probably before that interference to actually go past. He was probably entitled to go past Griff, but – Better horse probably just won, to be honest. Well, look, now we uh, we can reflect now. reflect on that guineas and and hopefully we see some good horses come out of that race. But there was certainly lots of lots of action oh, yeah. at, at Caulfield. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm wondering where you want to go next. Let's go to Alligator Blood. Alligator <laughs> Blood. The seven-year-old. Seven um, can one you winner. tell me what price he ended up SPing? On Betfair. I saw $3.90 at the death, and all I saw was money for just fine. I couldn't understand it. Um, alligator blood, and look, it's easy to say after the race, but um, a little preview show that I was doing earlier in the week, there's, there is this misconception and this myth that he doesn't run 2,000 metres. Now, they all run 2,000 metres, just how fast or slow you run it. <laughs> His run in the Cox Plate last year was enormous. He had to run them up got into the worst part of the ground late in the race and he controlled that race up front with deny knowledge, put synthetic pace on up front. Alligator blood was really the true leader in the race. When you think about it. And Tim Clark just rode to the numbers and he was phenomenal. And I think Tim Clark obviously rates them so oh. well out in front. He, he'd Star. be the best in Australia. And then obviously Linda Meach is, is there as well. Alligator blood was three, $3.75 BSP. Wow. The top tote was three dollars. So Ridiculous got, price. Yeah, you got a got a really good price there for for alligator blood. But also there was the, the option to lay uh, the horse as well. I know a, a lot of the commentary prior was mm. two thousand meters. Is it his go? Like he he's done the job before. He's run yep. very well over two thousand meters. And last start he won over eighteen hundred in mm-hmm. the Underwood. I think that was a tough win. And he's the sort of horse I think. And I, I've chatted to Bella Anderson about this, who also I'll, yes. give, a, I'll give a shout out. She was amazing and she laid yep. just fine and, and, and the horse came last from the yard. Uh, so, so incredible uh, from Bella Anderson, but I've chatted to her and, and from her data and notes, she, she always says that the longer alligator blood is in a prep, the better he gets. Yep. Uh, and he was absolutely glowing in the yard yesterday. So uh, he's just a marvel. I reckon he's probably the, the most favorite horse in 
uh, Australia at the moment. He he may not be the best, but I reckon the punters absolutely love him. I reckon there's uh, also a few stories with the owner as well, Ellen <laughs> Andres, who gets involved into the racing Twitter spats, which I'm sure you're well aware of. And you know what? I, I love it. It's, so do it's, I. <laughs> it's part of the game, you know? He he loves his horse. I, I don't think there's a man in Australia that loves his horse more than, than Alan. Uh, he, he's a very nice fellow. I've, I've spoken to him, interviewed him a, a couple of times. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. I, I, I think, um, you know, he, he creates a lot of, um, you know, atmos on Twitter, of course. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? But look, it suits Alligator Blood. Like, he's, exactly. he's got a great name. And, and I think Alligator Blood's one of those horses that just loves a jewel. He always, I mean, remember that jewel with Catalyst in uh, the CSAs oh. uh, back, back when he was... Matt he, Hill. Bring on the guineas! Yeah, so, so good. But he, he does it time and time again. He's a tough yeah. horse. I really love uh, those front-running tough horses. Um, Duas in behind was not a bad run, but just again, her type of running pattern and her speed map is always going to be to her detriment. I think sort of getting back and running on. She was brave in behind. Um, other horses I wanted to focus on just from the Caulfield card, just for the listeners and punters out there. Uh, Ayrton defied a big drift as well. Uh, he's returned from uh, a little bit of an out. I think he had a, a spider bite, which almost ended his life, really. He defied mm. the riff. What, uh, I think he got out to about $6, $7 on Betfair. Would have definitely beaten um, prices around Australia. I think Betfair SP is what you wanted to be on uh, with it. And he defied the drift and was uh, was pretty good in returning. Stage man returns to form as well. Um, Asfora was the one I really wanted to focus on too. She went brilliantly. One of the biggest firms of the day on yep. Betfair. And, yeah, she's just a, a super horse. Just on Ayrton, uh the BSP was $5.50. Best tote was $5.30. So you did get a price advantage there. Uh, about Aiden, you know, he's got to get the conditions right to, to suit him to to be able to be in the finish. And it's great to see that uh, uh, Damien Lane's obviously riding him and did an absolutely super job. And and, and uh, Price and Kent Jr. Jr. absolutely astute. And, yeah, they've got the horse back uh, going well. They do indeed. Uh, any other? Well, the other runner that we wanted to focus on just before we get away from Caulfield, uh, Amelia's Jewel. There's plenty of resistance for her. Well, you're going to talk about Amelia's Jewel in, in the lay-bin, and, yes. and I'm keen to just sit back yes. and grab my popcorn and, and listen. Yes. Uh, Antino went very, very well after being truckloaded in the betting, and God, attrition deserved that win. he just drawn wide barrier after wide barrier after wide barrier, had been three wide, no cover, four wide, no cover. This time, it was probably to his advantage. He drawed a nice middle pin and away you go. Talking about popcorn, sometimes I don't even like to watch the race. I just watch the market move. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, Antino, as you said, uh, was a good thing beat. Was matched at a dollar o two in run and ends up going to lose. Paul, you would not believe what Attrition got to in play. Uh, had a BSB of around the $35 mark, but Attrition hit $760. What? In play before going on to win the Turak Handicap. That would have so been a nice match. An absolutely massive win. And we haven't even mentioned the fact that Bo Merton's first group one, Mitch Friedman, yep. first group one. And I feel like Mitch is so deserving because he's, mm. he's had seconds in, in so many group ones, it feels like. Um, he's a great trainer out at uh, Ballarat. Obviously, Bo's had a big year, the, the passing of his father. Um, I think that's just a fantastic story. And I, I reckon there's n- honestly nothing better for me storybook wise um, than when trainers or, or, or jockeys get their first group one. They, they were both emotional. Um, Mitch is probably running his marathon right now, unless he had yes, a Yes, he is. Yeah, I did see night. that post-race. Yeah, he's uh, 
he'll be definitely sweating it up. So no no rest for the wicked, uh, Carl. Absolutely no rest. Just to Matt off the text, no one on this show has mentioned that Caulfield was a bigger day than Randwick. Did either of us mention that? Not not yet. No. Not yet. No one has mentioned that yet. So either, yeah, I'm not going to But I'm looking I'm forward to getting into, into Randwick and, and the Everest. Well, you know what? Let's get into it now, shall we? Unless you've got anything to add for Caulfield. Was Look, there anything else? That all I'm you... going to finish on is Vow and Declare, baby. Yes. Vow, yes, yes, yes. The Vow. old boy. How, how does he do it? He, like, that was an incredible run. I mean, he wasn't going to beat Alligator Blood. No way. No one was was beating him on, on, on that day. But he's an eight-year-old. Uh, he's had his 36 start. He still only won the one group one, and that was the, the Melbourne Cup. But he was just explosive yeah. at the end of that, that race. Absolutely phenomenal uh, to, to get that horse back up and running, especially in the quality group one weight for age race too. Uh, military mission gets itself into the Caulfield Cup after winning the Herbert Power. Red Card was a massive drifter on the program as well. And uh, the market and layers got that spot on too. So uh, let's get into the Randwick card before it. we head to a break. Let's get stuck straight into the Everest. Think about it. Uh, just keep stepping up to the mark. It's just a winning war horse. The, the horse, five-year-old, 12 uh, career starts, now 11 wins. That's nine on the trot. Hasn't lost this year. Um, obviously with the big Everest uh, win, it takes his prize money earnings to over 10 million, Paul. That is crazy. Ridiculous. Only only 12 starts and he's won over $10 million. Uh, it, it's actually almost $11 million. How good is Joe Pride getting the Quinella in, in the Everest? Uh, I'm very, very happy for him. Yeah, he's uh, first first and second or first and third? First and third. First and third, yeah. That's massive prize money, Dave. He's such a good trainer too. Uh, he's 100%. always, I mean, you look at trainers in Sydney and you think, you know, Chris Waller, Gay Waterhouse, they take the top echelon, but he's, I wouldn't say he's an underrated trainer, but he gets his horses up for these big races too. And I love these type of horses because he just jumps, sits in a handy spot. He settles in the run. He's got an electric turn of foot too. And I just think he's, he's just, he just keeps stepping up to the mark. Every time they raise the bar, he meets it and goes over it. But that's a, that's a testament to a great trainer. He's got to continue to prepare his horse to, uh, to get up to those uh, grand finals. And, and he certainly did think about it. it was terrific. There was a couple of flashing runs. I know we were talking about in secret yep. and potentially the champion yep. sprint somewhere uh, where we'll look to, to back her. Um, I think the other one I just wanted to touch on from an emotional side was Sam Clipperton. He won the Everest and, and I loved his post-race interview. And, and I know obviously the Victoria New South Wales battle, everyone talks about the Everest. Sometimes, you, you know, I, I think it's been embraced obviously by Australia. Everyone yes. loves that race. That race day is absolutely incredible. Um, but I think it, it is a testament to to the leaders there that have created a race, you know, that isn't that old at all, but has created such emotion and, and the jockeys really want to win it. The trainers really want to win it. Um, so it was great to see Sam Clippard and he was lost for words post-race uh, after winning the Everest. Yeah, it was uh, – the, the scenes at Randwick were incredible. The crowd as well. My good, The roar when it struck the front was just – I love that. When a favourite hits the front on a massive day and you know the whole crowd's on it and even – recreational punters would be on it as well because they would look at the form and say, oh, one, 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 favourite, nice barrier. I'll back it as well. We'll have 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks on it. And the whole crowd just almost wielded over the line. Do you think that trainers can ever prepare their horses for that? <sighs> I don't think so. Unless they do a Mikel Arteta or, or what, what he did with Arsenal when they played Liverpool and they put speakers around the horses when they're yeah. actually running to replicate... But I don't think they would do that. No, it's, I think it's just the experience. You have to go through it to 
to be better at it too. Absolutely. I think I think they're like humans in that regard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think they are. I've got an actual, a market here on Betfair. There's not a lot of liquidity in it though, but Imperatrix is favourite for that champion spin. I wish I win was enormous in behind. Yep. Uh, flashing home for second. I just think he needs a straight. I think he's a great bet in the champion spin. I know it's a little while away. It's a Flemington Carnival, but um, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, it's a flashing light run. It's probably one of the horses to follow out of the meeting. Uh, and Arctic Glamour, I thought, went really, really well. She's now favourite for the 1,000 guineas uh, at around 354 bucks, depending on um, depending on what odds you're looking at. But um, yeah, I think from a futures perspective, those horses are probably the ones to be with. I know they're not, you're not getting much meat on the bone there from a futures point of view, but still, I think they're, they're definitely the ones to follow out of the meeting. Was there anything else you were looking at from... From that meeting, you you mentioned uh, a girl who's uh, in all cerise for Chris Waller oh, before we went on air. I absolutely love Fangirl. I'm sorry, <laughs> but she she's so great, and she she was the bridesmaid to Animo for, yes. for multiple Group Ones. Uh, when Animo was just obviously the best horse in the country, she kept on coming second to him. You know whether that was because the the rest of the field was was no good, or whether Animo was just so good. I, I, now I think we can uh, validate that that Fangirl was a freak. She, she yep. just kept on getting beaten by, uh, you know, obviously the best horse in Australia, but um, an incredible win by Fangirl. And we have to start talking about her being one of the the, the best horses in Australia, I think. Mm. Now single figures for the Cox Plate. What do you think, Paul? The way she chased the line in that race yesterday, just flying past Mr. Brightside and giving him Winburn uh, and that's, was pretty impressive. And that's what you have to – bring it down to, right? Yeah. Because Mr. Brightside is also in absolutely incredible form. And I he think is. had had a great race and, and yep. run well. It's just fangirl gave him Winburn. In Might the have met a better like, one on the day. Might have just met a better one in general. And and that's why horse racing at this time of year when, when horses are peaking is just so, so bloody good. What's, uh, what is the, uh, what is the market for the Cox plate at the moment? What have we got? Romantic warrior still favorite uh, with the fair, with the exchange. Yep. Romantic warrior uh, is currently $4.80. The favorite Amelia's jewel uh, is there around eleven fifty? Gold trip has come into seven eighty. Uh, Alligator blood, six sixty. Mr. Brightside, eight twenty. Uh, we're, we're going around uh, a little bit here, but, uh, just down the page a little bit, Fangirl, $9.40 has, has firmed okay. for the Cox Plate as well. Okay. So it was double figures, now into $9.40. Very open Cox Plate from a market perspective. So just to recap, just before we head to the break, so my horses to follow from Caulfield, uh, Vidad, potentially on a derby path. Militarised, looks like it's going to go towards a Cox Plate if they do decide to go that way. And the other horse I wanted to mention, it ran in race number one. I think it's going to be purely set for the Flemington Carnival. I know it might be a bit of a chaser rather than a winner, but Kettle Hill for Kieran Ma and Dave Eustace, uh, I think can run a big race during the Flemington Carnival, getting up in distance. And then from Randwick, uh, the horses to follow for me, Arctic Glamour towards the 1,000 guineas. Love the way she let down. I wish I win for the champion sprint at Flemington. And I thought Balanipatina. I think she's going along really well at the she moment. Is. She ran behind, think about it, first up, and then she was just caught a bit deep last start against IME. Just validating your point on Vidad, Bo Merton said in his jockey comments post-race, uh, he said, this horse just keeps impressing me with every uh, time he steps out. He's so versatile. Yep. And today he proves he deserves to be on the stage and hopefully he can hold up and get to a derby. Oh, okay. That's good. All right. Take the futures then, ladies and gentlemen. Derby for the dad. I'll tell you what else you can do, everyone, here on Betfair Edge. Text through to 0433 98 11 16. 
What's your lay bin? Oh, I'm looking forward to my lay Let bin. us know what your lay bin is. What are you laying after the weekend? What are you laying in general? Text through 0433 98 11 16. We will take a break here on Betfair Edge on SEN. You can also find better odds on the Cricket World Cup at Betfair, uh, Carl, which we'll get into a little bit later in the program. Ch- chances are you're about to lose. Let's throw to a break on the other side. Laping segment's coming up. Welcome back to Betfair Edge Sunday edition here. Post Caulfield Guinness Day, post the Everest, Paul Sebastiani with you. Carl Kaldawi here with us as well. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for... Laban, 15th of October, the Sunday edition. Uh, Carl, I'm going to start with you because I've got I've got heaps of things and people and items to throw in the Laban for the 15th of October. I, I don't know where to begin. I will begin eventually, but I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, so no. I can fire s- away. I can see the steam coming oh, out yes. of you. <laughs> oh, yes. Roy sent through a text as well. He's... Uh, Actually, I'm going to get onto his in the moment in a moment because he's got a similar one to me. So yeah, far away. I'm looking forward to to talking about that one. But my one, uh, it's not sport related. But okay. Have, have you heard what's going on in Paris at the moment with bed bugs? No. Bed bugs. Bed bugs. Bed bugs have infested what? the country. Really? Yep. France everywhere, uh, but mostly Paris. So you can't get you can't get on a bus or a train or or a, a, any public transport. Uh, without bed bugs being on it somewhere, got to Google this. They've uh, they've been fumigating uh, trains and, and public transport like crazy because they've obviously uh, got the Olympics coming up right. uh, in Paris in 2024, <laughs> I think it is. Um, bed bugs, disgusting, Paul. Like absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I remember traveling around Europe, and the one fear that everyone always had was was bed bugs. And there was actually Jack Rathgabe, I remember bumping into him, an old schoolmate in right. Europe. And he goes, oh, have you guys had any problems with bed bugs? I go, no, no, no problems yet. He lifted up his shirt. Oh, and, no. And the welts on his back, oh. he had about 100 little bites. So, oh. oh, no, bed bugs can definitely get in the lay bin, Paul. Oh, okay. All right. Bed bugs in Sorry, Paris everyone listening. No, 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 no. Freak them out. No, no, no. We've got to do something about it. Hey, look, public service <laughs> announcement to those SEN expats listening in Paris at the moment. So our thoughts are with you. (laughs) Our thoughts are with you. All right, here's my lay bin. I've got so many to get through. Now, uh, to Roy, who was just text through, him and I are singing from the same hymn book. His biggest lay bin of 2023 is Amelia's Jewel after yesterday. He said, I might be a passionate West Australian, but that was a dismal performance. It was worse than Romantic Warrior last week. She's going to be my first lay bin at the moment. It was the first time she contested a Group 1 on the Eastern Coast and she went poorly. She did. She did. Uh, you go, you go. But uh, one thing we we just need to talk about is the mounting yard is so important for her. Yes. The mounting yard is so important for her. And when she had her first go under lights uh, a couple of weekends ago uh, and, and she won that race, but mm-hmm. in the mounting yard, 
uh, sorry, in the tie-ups before. Yes. She was not having a good time. Bella Anderson right. showed me some some footage. Uh, it was on the Betfair TikTok. She spoke about it. Yes. She just didn't enjoy the, the lights there at all. And, and maybe that's got something to do with her poor run uh, at Caulfield. Mm-hmm. I don't think she liked the, the night racing. And that's something that horses, you know, they're, they're temperamental creatures like we they were are. talking about before. Um, but, yeah, certainly the night didn't suit her. You know, she did win, but um, clearly some residual f- effects from that. Yeah, I think, uh, as I said, the first Group 1 on the eastern coast of Australia coming up against some of our, I, don't, I wouldn't say they're absolute Group 1 stars. I know Antino and Intrition have been going really, really well, but this is handicap racing for you on the east coast. It's not, not easy at all. And she dominated over in WA, and rightfully so. She went in as favourite. She The ratings through the roof all the computer data was going crazy about her and that's understandable but it was interesting to see there was a little bit of resistance for her um on betfair as well just late in the piece too and the money for antino suggested that um that horse was going to run well and it did didn't win but um amelia's jewel she's in the lay bin for me um all right let's get on to another lay bin uh a lay bin for me back markers sick of them absolutely sick of them i don't back them Never have backed them. Never will back them on our tracks. Tom Kitten, everyone's going to be on it next start. It's happened the last... Oh, it's unlucky. Oh, flash time again. And you see it all the time. You see it all the time. It's a flashing light runner. Everybody's on, everybody's on it next start. You get $2 and it still probably gets rolled. So back markers are in the lay bin for me. Think, and they should be. I think you're making an argument to literally lay back markers. Yeah. Tom Kitten was a short price and... Uh, I know a lot of the, the we we have a comp at Betfair called Pros versus Bookies and, yes. and they deliver their best lay bets and uh, a lot of uh, a few of the guys backed uh, sorry laid Tom Kitten for for those reasons so good um, if, <laughs> if if you're that short and and you've got a lot of ground to make up you have to have it as a lay prospect potentially it's a, a lot easier to back the loser than it is the winner there's only one winner you know so um, yeah t- obviously you need to consider potentially lay betting more those bat markers on dry Australian tracks. Give me front runners any day of the week. Back markers can go in the lay bin. Uh, the other things that could go in the lay bin, the Australian cricket team. Yeah, They're going, they're Straight going in. pretty badly. Straight in. They keep falling down the, uh, the betting markets at the moment. They obviously lost to South Africa. Yep. They were horrible. Um, they got pumped. They were poor, uh, with the bat. They were poor with the ball, but yep. probably the most disappointing out of, all of it was the fielding. Oh, and Australia yeah. has always been known as a very, very, probably the best fielding nation at all levels. Mm. ODI, Test, and T20, everything's just fallen off. Yep. Everything has completely fallen off yeah. at the moment. Uh, and look, uh, Mitch Marsh came out and spoke about it. He's obviously the vice captain of the team, and he's he's showing some leadership. He says that the, the team's going to bounce back. We, we, we hope so. Um, <laughs> well, they can't go any worse, can they? they? Well, they can't. Uh, their fielding can't go any worse. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Australian cricket team in the lay bin for me. The other things that can go in the lay bin for me, Carl, and I'm, look, this is not this in the great digital team at SEN because Nick and the crew, Nick Negroponis, big shout out to him. They do a fantastic job. Trade period, best job in the industry. They do here. Seven team mock AFL trades. <laughs> Get rid of them. Why? Well, I don't, they never go through. They never have gone through. They never will go through, and they never will occur. So I don't want to see them anymore. They're yep. in the lay bin. Yep, I, I, I think, I think they're fun to look at sometimes. <laughs> see exactly. See you get sucked in too. I do. See, they're fun to look at sometimes, <laughs> but I probably lean towards your sentiment. Lucky, like, they're clearly unrealistic. They're not going to go through. 
But, uh, I but feel yeah, sorry they're, they're for they're list quite... managers. <laughs> I really feel sorry. I do. For list They've managers. got a tough job. They do. They've have got a, a very, job. very tough job. Okay. Now, the final few things that are going to get in the lab, and this is away from sport. Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife. <laughs> get her in the lab. She's gone, mate. <laughs> Jada, what has Jada done? What to is you? she doing? No, what is... what is she, mate? She has emasculated Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'm telling you now, she has done. She's done him dirty, done him cold. Wow, it's horrible, mate. She's aired her dirty laundry in public, which is look questionable. I know she's a celebrity and she's a star and she's up in lights, but she's in the lay bin. For me, uh, I don't know what people think about that, but um, you might want to Google her name and just apparently Tupac is now her soulmate. Uh, She's, I, I've heard her in a couple of docos say talk about that, some Tupac docos. Genuine head scratcher for me. I don't know whether it was a, a, a joke post on social media that I read, but did they find did they find Tupac's killer in the end? Apparently. And, the, and apparently. They, they closed the case? Apparently. Crazy. Make of that what you will. Crazy. Okay. Now, the other two things that are going to go in the labing, which are actually going to segue us into the next segment. Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis. Get rid of that. KSI versus uh, who did he come up against? Fury. Oh, Tommy Fury. Yep. Those celebrity pay-per-views, the boxing fights. I understand. I get it. They're a money driver. But for those purists in boxing... It just does my head in at the moment. So they're all going in the lay bin. I've never watched uh, any of those fights before, but obviously see a heap of the social media attention it gets prior. And I find it very you know, entertaining. Uh, I like when they have their weigh-ins and, and, and stuff like that. It's, uh, and they go toe-to-toe. And it's scripted. It's like WWE. Exactly. It's, it's, and that's why I love it. I'm a massive WWE. <laughs> so am I, actually. <laughs> so am I. We might get into that on the other side of the break, which we need to get to. Um, the weigh-ins are actually more exciting than the fights themselves. Uh, let's get to a break here on Betfair Edge, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't settle for the odds given. Find better odds on the Cricket World Cup at Betfair, chances are you're about to lose. Speaking of which, we're going to go through some cricket markets and some boxing markets on the other side of the break. Sunday, Betfair Edge. Don't settle for the odds given. Find better odds on the Cricket World Cup at Betfair. Chances are you're about to lose. Yes, a very warm welcome back to the Sunday, 15th October edition of Betfair Edge. Paul Sebastiani here with you. Carl Kaldawi with us in the studio as well. Laping segment is done and dusted. I've got plenty off my chest, thankfully, Carl, and we can get stuck into some... Let's get stuck into some uh, World Cup cricket markets. Find better odds on the Cricket World Cup at Betfair. Chances are you're about to lose. Let's get stuck straight into it, Carl, shall we? Well, we want to talk about Australia versus Sri yes. Lanka tomorrow. Currently, Australia. Now, we know that they're struggling. We yep. spoke about them in the in the lay-bin, obviously. Uh, they lost. Uh, they got pumped actually by South Africa. Lost uh, that game convincingly. Uh, they're a dollar thirty-three on the Betfair exchange to beat Sri Lanka, who are currently four dollars. Uh, there's seventy thousand dollars matched in that market. Um, what? What do, you, what do you think? How do you think that game's going to go down, Paul? Oh God, you couldn't back Australia on current form, could you? And Pakistan are going not too great either. So it's probably a flip of the coin, really. So if you're going to get, what, $2, what price are we getting about? Uh, wait, what price are we getting about Sri Lanka? So four we're bucks? getting four bucks about Sri Lanka and uh, $1.33 for, for Australia. $1.33 seems well under the odds. 
for me. Well, currently, uh, Betfair's cricket analyst is actually backing Sri Lanka at anything above $3.60 for one unit. So you're getting some okay. value there uh, for cricket punters on the Betfair exchange. That game's obviously uh, on Monday. Yep. Uh, but one, look, I'm looking forward to I'm hopefully, uh, I'm going to watch that game and hopefully Australia can uh, can uh, <laughs> go a little bit better than uh, some of their previous games. But the other one is, is the boxing today. And I think that's actually yep. going to be an absolutely... Uh, incredible match. I, I want to talk about uh, Zoo and Mendoza. Zoo, um, I really like him. He's, he's just this gritty sort of, sort of character. Um, I'm not a massive into boxing, but um, I, I wanted to do a little bit of research and, and okay. um, got spoke to so, some of the professionals in this field. Yes. And they tell me that Mendoza is a real-life sort of rocky story. He was right. born born and raised right. in Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico. Right. Um, look, he, he was trained by Ismail Salas, which he was the longtime trainer of Danny Green, the, okay. the Green Machine. Yep. Um, what my sources are telling me is that this Mendoza um, character just it, it can't be messed with. Okay. He's, he's tough. He apparently was no chance in his last two fights, and he knocked out two former world champions, Rosario and Fandora, uh, in consecutive fights there. I think the main challenge for, for Zoo is he's about to fight someone that's that's got a KO record. Right, okay, okay. So it's going to be an incredible fight. Um, hopefully Tim Zhu can get the chocolate. So I'm going to bring up the, the Betfair markets there. Now Tim Zhu is currently $1.20 on the exchange and Brian Mendoza is $6.60. Uh, it's going to be a, a great fight. Once again, uh, I'm just going to be watching as a fan. <laughs> um, bo- boxing's not, not my sport, um, but it should be entertaining. Mendoza to win by KO or TKO, what do you get? $9 on, on Betfair at the moment for, for method of victory. Maybe the $6.40 is... God, from how you've built it up, we might we might have found a bit of value. There. Well, I think <laughs> it's just going to be it's going to be a, a gritty fight. But I love the weigh-in and and um, apparently Mendoza. Uh, I was watching a, a little bit of the press conferences. Apparently Mendoza uh, had a very easy uh, weigh-in. Okay, he he, he didn't uh, have any troubles making weight. Apparently he was eating steaks this week, and he he came to Australia, you know, a, a little bit later than expected, mm-hmm. um, but had no issues making weight, and he apparently looked magnificent. Um, yeah, at the weigh-in. So it's just going to be a, a fantastic battle. I know Tim Zhu uh, seemed to handle the weigh-in pretty well because he drove out of there in a uh, Lamborghini. <laughs> of so course. He, uh, he looked like he was ready to ready to rock and roll. How so. much do you think they're making for, for the fight? Oh, that's a good, See, this, actually, that's a really interesting question. I When I hear the figures post-fight or pre-fight, I am sometimes shocked by the amount that's that they come up with, but then I look back at it and think, well, people are paying good money for it. And it's a big money industry as well. I, what, what have you got numbers there for us? I'm trying to have a look. I, I, I've just Googled it. No, well, I've, these celebrity I've... boxing fights are making way more cash at the moment than, than what pure boxes are at the minute, which is, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, people are going to pay for what they pay for. I mean, demand and supply, eh? It's, it's whatever people want. I, I guess to, people people want to spend their money on. I have to look into this a bit more, but the headline here says $30 million payday. That That's crazy yeah, money. I reckon he might be able to afford another Lamborghini. Maybe Mendoza <laughs> can buy one himself. Okay, very interesting. I just wanted to go back as well. Um, just on the World Cup markets, uh, Carl, just from a futures perspective, um, looking at the winner here on Betfair, what do we got? We've got nearly $3 million matched yep. in the market. $2.40 for the 
for India. Uh, look, they're the host nation. I think they well, they definitely did open favourites. What Australia looked like they've well, they I think they were third favourite initially. They have drifted yep. right second, out. Second, third favourite, and they have certainly drifted out. India uh, on top of the market there at two dollars forty. South Africa six dollars twenty. England at seven dollars. New Zealand at eight twenty, and then you have Australia at nine dollars sixty. Look, I actually want to talk about the the Pakistan versus India game where India smashed yes. them. And, yes. and they firmed in the market. And can you believe at uh, Narendra Modi Stadium, they can hold 132,000 yep. people? It's a, it's, that's the capacity. And they had 130,000 at that game. I have a question. Do you think that there would be a ballot issue for that game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how the, the I'm not sure how the ticketing works. How do they sort the ticketing out I'm, for that game? I'm not. I, I, what I'm visualising is lines. You know, like ah, long, long yes, lines. okay, yes, yes, L- yes, lines that go for days. <laughs> right. And you know what? The passion is just so strong, unrivaled that that yeah. they will wait weeks if yeah. they want it. It's it's kind of like the 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 Japanese fans, uh, racing fans, before the Jap- Japan oh, Cup. Oh, have you seen that? They they line up for days before. And when the gates open, they yep. bolt to their spot. Blood. They bolt to their spot. It's incredible. They run fast and the horses nearly. Uh, Betfair is on your side this spring, ladies and gentlemen. Experience the Betfair difference today. Chances are you're about to lose. So... Okay, very interesting. Boxing, cricket, uh, it's all happening. We have a question here just before we get to the break. We've got a couple of texts that have come through. Uh, Dean saying Australia look cooked at the World Cup. Catches win matches. Isn't that a cricket cliche? Catches win matches. But guess what? It's very, very true. true. Dropping six is just not good. Just send the bulk of the Perth Scorchers to India. That's not a bad argument from Dean off the text line. Um, He's also asked what is happening at the Hawks? RE Jack Gunston. This is very intriguing. Now, uh, if you hop on sen.com.au, Hawks respond to Jack Gunston's trade requ- trade request. Uh, Hawthorne says it's no certainty a trade for Jack Gunston will be arranged before Wednesday's deadline with other targets remaining more of a priority. That's come as a bit of a surprise, hasn't it? Uh, the Jack Gunston situation is very interesting. Obviously, he's requested a trade back to the Hawks where uh, he, he won multiple premierships as a fantastic player. Do you think that the the view on Jack Gunson is he's a bit washed up, but uh, he he he's he's getting older now. He wasn't very good, injury prone at mm. Brisbane. Do you think that's sort of the the view of Jack Gunson at the moment? Potentially, that would definitely be one school of thought. I think the other school of thought would be if they go and get him, that just add that little bit of experience back into a young mm-hmm. team who I thought took another step. Uh, in 2023, and Sam Mitchell, I think, has got them going well. Speaking of which, I've actually got the, uh, I've got the markets up here for Premiers 2024. Here we go on Betfair, 580 for Collingwood, 720 for Brisbane. Probably drifted since that announcement of Gunston. Yeah. <laughs> Melbourne 940, Carlton 940. Make of that what you will. Go. GWS 980 and double figures for the rest. So there's uh, what nine nine thousand three hundred dollars matched in that market. So. Punters are getting on early, mate. A few, a few chances. <laughs> it's under, a long while to go. <laughs> a few chances in, in single figures there. Look, with Jack Gunston, I mean, he's played 17 games uh, in, in the last season for Brisbane. Before that, he had 16 games in 2022, one in 2021, and 16 in 2020. So he actually increased his games played output. He's still got a bit of footy in it. I, I, left think, him. I think he's a very good player, very serviceable. Um, he kicked more goals at, at Hawthorne. Maybe suits their their lineup a little bit more as that experience, uh, uh, sort of maybe third tall, Could very second well. tall. Yeah. So 
Tyler Brockman heading over to West Coast as well. Maybe there is a spot for him uh, in that team. Uh, Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose Jack Gunson. He's a big fan of the spring racing carnival as well. Uh, we are well and truly in the thick of it here. We'll take a break here on Betfair Edge. Paul Sebastiani, Carl Kaldawi with you on the other side. We're going to wrap it all up for Sunday, the 15th of October. You're listening to the Sunday Betfair Edge on SEN. Sunday, Betfair Edge, 15th of October. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you are about to lose. Paul Sebastiani, Carl Kaldawi with you. About to wrap things up here for Betfair Edge. Carl, it's been a pleasure, mate. Right. It's been an absolute yes. pleasure. It's, it's been too long between uh, drinks yes. and, and chatting. Um, <laughs> when we start talking about Carlton, we, we can't stop. It's, it's dangerous. Hey, now, now, the text line's going to blow up if we keep going on That's about right. that. Uh, what's on for the rest of the spring carnival for you with the fair, uh, sir? Um, it's it's going to be a great spring carnival, obviously for the fair. Looking forward to, to laying the shorties, especially the back markers, as as, as you like. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep hopefully trying to pick some winners on the Betfair Hub. Fingers crossed. Uh, the great tags has just walked into the studio. He's setting up for a big Sunday edition of Sen Track. So we will wrap up Betfair Edge here for Sunday, the fifteenth of October. Again, Betfair is on your side this spring. Experience the Betfair difference today. Chances are you are about to lose. Paul Sebastiani signing out. Carl Kaldawi, pleasure with you. Happy Sunday, mate. Pleasure.